golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G for this very, very special Masters wrap-up edition, along with my co-host tonight, the one, the only, Brendan Sweeney, our very own from Orlando, Florida, and media guru and PR wizard at the French Lick Resort, where he spends most of his summer. Located deep in the heart of the Hoosier National Forest. Hello, Orlando. Holly G, what's up, baby? You doing all right? Doing great. And uh, our sidekick here, Will Perry, uh, doing the social media. Will just introduced introduce me to that Facebook thing. It's oh, awesome. <laughs> all right, B. We, we got a little work to do with you. But hey, my friend, you just got back from Augusta. Yes. You were there. Yes. Where the grass is greener, the skies are bluer, and the beer is just a little bit colder. It was awesome. So... I know you weren't there for the weekend. You weren't there to watch what we all watched at Amen Corner on Sunday. Jordan Spieth coming off the front nine, four straight birdie, six, seven, eight, and nine. Looking like he's having the dream front nine of his career. Heading towards that second green jacket to join Nicholas Faldo and Woods as the only golfers with back-to-back victories at Augusta National. And B, it wasn't to be. We were, we were making chicken, you know, watching Sunday, watching the Masters and the Sundays deep in the heart of downtown Orlando. I was with my, uh, my, my, my niece, and also it's like birdie, 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 birdie on the front side. We're packing it up. Bogey's 10. I bet you some guys were going out to finish the yard work. I, my wife was saying, honeys? hey, honeydew, <laughs> you know, get off the couch. Bogey's 11. And all of a sudden he's standing in a fairway at 12. I'm like, what happened? Chunk. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could do that. I have done that. I have actually done that with you before. I think there were a lot of people going for their adult beverages at that point after watching <laughs> him uh, then put his wedge shot into the water and then hitting his fifth into the back bunker, which, you know, that was no easy up and down from there. As I was talking to a few friends, that could have been a 12 on 12. Absolutely. And Down then more historic. Yeah. Downhill lie with Ray's Creek running right behind Oh, it. ouch. How many times would uh, you have bladed that shot? That's, Hello. That's why they sell them by the dozen. And that's why we have different day jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's for darn sure. But uh, hats off. It was a great victory for Danny Willett. Um, Danny was on my radar since the British Open, the Open Championship. Uh, a lot of people maybe don't remember that he was playing alongside Zach Johnson. Played super well. Uh, was a little overshadowed by the fact that Paul Dunn, the amateur, got a lot of attention, just like Bryson DeChambeau did at we'll talk about Bryson in a minute, Masters. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, so he did extremely well, finished uh, second, I believe, at, at the race to Dubai. So, you know, his his number was trending up. But uh, I little did he know, with baby on the way, and, you know, a last minute, yes, I'm coming to the Masters because the baby came early, that Danny Willett would be slipping on the green jacket. He actually had the last number. If you look at, at what the caddies are wearing, he's wearing number 89. Same that Nicholas wore. 30 years ago, 1986. That's right. Know it well. Remember it like it was yesterday. There was a little bit of karma going on for him, too, between the baby. The baby was supposed to be born, actually, on Sunday, the 10th. And, um, you know, it was just a little bit different uh, package that arrived. I tell you, he shot a bogey-free 67 Sunday at the Masters. His life has changed. How much, what do you think the economic impact of that victory is? $30 million bucks over a lifetime? Well, not only that, but um, the shot in the arm to the European Tour. Oof. You know, European had not won since 1999. Nick when Feldo? A, a oh, was the last go. to win. And I, I think he even got a call from the prime minister. That was big. There we go. It's huge. Well, now he's, you know, he's a shoo-in for the Olympics. He's a shoo-in for the Ryder, Ryder Cup. Cup. And who knows? He's, he's all in. Well, as we know, it, it sets up many a player for the rest of their career and uh, Boy, he he just uh, you know his 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 swing reminded me a little bit of uh, shades of Mike Weir in his heyday when he won the Masters. So, do you think do you think uh, Danny will be a Mike Weir or Trevor Emelman? Will we hear from him again, or will we see him you know in a picture at the Champions Dinner every year? I think I think he's a pretty solid player. I think we're going to see a lot more from him. And you know, sometimes it's all about just breaking through and and uh, getting that you know well. Getting a major under your belt, let alone a, a few victories. So, absolutely fantastic win. Rory, a bit of a surprise. Rory, a bit of a surprise. I think a lot of people were watching Saturday feeling, at least I, I felt a little bit like it was a final round on Saturday. It was. Watching those two go mano a mano. The, the atmosphere was just electric. You know, we were there, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Tuesday, not taken away from Rory, the crowds were swelling so much. It was, it was wall-to-wall people. Saturday, Rory trending, right, doing well, playing with Jordan. Couldn't answer the bell. Now, uh, Could not answer the bell. Said he's um, got a little mental work to do, that uh, he's, you know, after the 2011 debacle he had on number 10, and, of course, hoping to win that career Grand Slam, a uh, lot of pressure on Rory, and, uh, you know, I, I think he was very honest, as was Jordan Spieth, after their rounds. So refreshing to listen to these guys. We know we wouldn't get these kinds of comments from Mr. Tiger Woods back in the day. Uh, it, you know, it was, they, they, you know, especially Jordan, such class, handled himself so well with the media afterwards. And then, you know, it's the Masters. You have to take your jacket and present it to the Winner. Three times. He had to do it in Butler Cabin. He had to do it on the green. And then he had to do it one more time in front of all the patrons again. Uh, and, and he held his composure. He did great. But going back to Rory, when he was playing with Jordan, he goes 70, 71, plays with Jordan, 77, Sunday finishes 71. Somebody call me a doctor. So it looked absolutely uh, beautiful this year. Flowers were everywhere. Brendan. The wind, the wind was 
outrageous. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that because clearly this was an exhausting week for the players. Yeah, I mean, uh, on Wednesday it was picking up a little bit. Thursday morning got cold, but the wind was howling. We were just outside of the gate at the Azalea House. Um, and then the wind was blowing so hard. I left Thursday at 11 o'clock, drove, drove back to Orlando, and driving down the road, the Jeep I was in was literally shaking going down the road. Trees were blowing left and right. And a lot of these guys had to back off their shots. Mentally, you know, now they're on the clock. I, I think Jordan was put on the clock briefly on Friday. So, yeah, the, the wind definitely had something to play with it. And you can, it reflects in the scores. You know, guys were backing off their putts. The balls were moving a little bit. And then your club selection, especially, you know, once you come around the backside, you're going down those valleys, you're coming up the hills, the balls are going to be affected by the, uh, by the wind. And the wind was definitely a factor Friday and Saturday. I think one of the toughest masters ever from that perspective. And, um, you know, we have to give Jordan credit. Um, and we're going to have our, uh, our, our one of our favorite golf insiders, Dr. Bob Winters, joining us in the next segment to break this down from the uh, mental perspective. We're going to get on the couch with Dr. Bob. But, uh, you know, whether or not, and it, it seemed, as, as Jordan said, that, um, you know, he he just – didn't take his time. He, you know, had the bogey on 10, the double on 11, and instead of, you know, just taking a breath and getting his focus, he swung too quickly and, you know. He's 22 years old. This is, what, third Masters? Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't think this is going to be the end of his career. I think he'll be bouncing back. And Little scar tissue. Let's, Never let's, hurt anybody. Let's look how he finished, too. Bounces right back on 13 and birdies. Right. I mean, this is this is Jordan's style. Right. Uh, I mean, it just how he collects himself in those moments. I mean, this could have been an 82 and 85 and, you know, he might have evaporated, but makes birdie there, makes birdie on 15, has a chance at birdie on 16. If he makes that birdie on if he makes that putt on 16, new ball game there. Total new ball game. And uh, that could you know, have been one of the best comebacks ever. Well, and and that and the other thing is he, you know, he made several comeback putts to hang in there to still still have a chance come seventeen and possibly eighteen. But of course, uh, the the tee shot went uh, wayward on seventeen, and you know did have some troubles with the driver. There was a lot of talk about the fact that he cracked his driver, you know, before the opening round. And but you know, most of these guys, you know, they they re- replace the pieces and parts. But we all know. It's not easy, uh, you know, to, to replace that driver. Absolutely. But I tell you, it, it, the, the, whole, the whole week was so special, so fun. And you look at somebody new, the changing of the guards, right? You have Watson stopping, you have you know, Ian Woosom not playing. And now you introduce someone like Bryson DeChambeau, who's going to be the face of the game. You have Jordan Spieth, who's 22. You have Smiley Kaufman, who, you know, played well, played the final group on Sunday. And then, you know, ran in a couple troubles on the backside. It was all, it was great. I mean, it's the Masters. It happens every year, and until you get your hands around it, until you see, feel, and touch Augusta National, it really is a cool experience. And until you see the greens, how oh how gosh. you know the the undulation, the the angles, and why the guys play some of the shots that they play, because you know there's just no other way out. It's, <laughs> well, it's Augusta. There's only one way in, and there's only one way out. Well, we've got a lot of Masters. 
wrap up to talk about. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be back with more golf talk. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Howie G, along with Brendan Sweeney from the French Lick Resort in French Lick, Indiana. Located deep in the heart of the Hoosier National Forest. And just back from Augusta National and our social media guru, Will Perry, asking you to tweet us. At the Golf Insiders and like us on Facebook because we are going to start giving away a whole bunch of swag in the next few weeks. So you guys want to be tuned in, listening in, tweeting us, all kinds of good stuff. And um, also a big shout out to our special sponsor tonight for this special edition of the Golf Insiders, Swing Click, the world's number one golf transition trainer. If you want to master your rhythm and tempo With three easy clicks, get yourself a swing click. Go to swingclickgolf.com. And, boy, we watched a lot about rhythm and timing and tempo, especially on Sunday. Uh, You know, Brendan, it's just something that when you get into those pressure cooker situations, even the big guys. And the the little guys. Have trouble. Absolutely. And, uh, you know... It was interesting because Jordan said it was a really tough 30 minutes for me that hopefully I will never experience again. I didn't take that extra deep breath and really focus on my line on 12. Instead, I went up and I just put a quick swing on it. And we're going to go to our favorite doctor, Dr. Bob Winters, to talk about what happened on the back nine Sunday at Augusta? Hey, Dr. Bob. Hi, Holly. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Will. Our sports psychology guru out at the David Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando at Champions Gate Resort. Dr. Bob, I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to turn it over to you. Well, I mean, I think really what happened was, you know, the back nine at Augusta. I mean, we have been conditioned through the sports world and the sports announcers that, you know, the Masters doesn't start until the back nine on Sunday afternoon. And what happens, you, you just become so much of a buildup that each player who has the lead, you know, sort of takes it and takes that 100-yard walk from the ninth green over to the 10th tee, and, you know, something happens. I mean, it happened back in 2011 with Rory McIlroy. I mean, you saw where he actually snapped one there so far left into the different cabins over there, into Ike's cabin. And he didn't really recover. And it, he went through holes 10, 11, and 12. And I think he four-putted 12 uh, from about 10 feet. And he was shell-shocked. So, you know, golf happens. And this is a game where, I mean, you are psychologically and physically naked out there. I mean, you are either the hero or you are the goat. And I don't mean the goat in a good way. I mean, you really you are really stripped naked. So what we see is that, you know, the best of the best, sometimes the worst comes out, and and everyone has been there. Anyone who's ever played the game at a competitive level 
understands, you know, really what happens. You become shell-shocked, and you sort of recover maybe a few minutes, a few holes later, but the damage is already done. Well, do you think he had, well, certainly he got into his head in that walk from 9 to 10 because, as he so honestly admitted, he had had his dream front nine. He thought Parr would win it and, quote, I lost my aggressiveness. I think, you know, we've all been there, too, that have played competitive golf and that suddenly you change your game plan. I'm guessing he had a number in in mind, like many of these players do. He had also uh, talked about on Saturday after, you know, his his disappointing finish on 17 and 18 that he brought a whole lot of players back into, you know, the the round on Sunday. So there was a lot going on for Jordan when he teed oh, off. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, and, and in my book, you know, Mistake Free Golf, you know, I have a special chapter about that. I get ahead of myself. I fail to stay in the moment with this chapter four. And the point being here is that he did not lose that tournament on hole number 12. He really didn't lose it. What he did, he gave you know, his, his edge. He gave it away when he actually started thinking, all I have to do is shoot par here on the backside. He actually had a playing philosophy that was working. Here's a gentleman, you know, and he's supposed to be really mentally strong, but the jury's still out, you know, and some people, you know, think that. And, I, and I'm one of those. You know, if he's so mentally strong, why would he change his playing philosophy from 9 to 10? He makes five birdies on the front side. He birdies 6, 7, 8, and 9. He's on a roll, and that's really when you want to say, let's go. Not only will we win, let's put the hammer down, let's dominate. But he actually changes his mindset, and he starts thinking about score. He starts thinking about outcome. Now, it's easy for us to be uh, armchair quarterbacks and hindsight's twenty twenty, but we see this, and those people who you know are in my seat, and this is what I do for a living, I mean, I see this over and over again. I see it a thousand times a year, and the point is, that's why you have to really stay in the moment, play each shot as it comes to you. Don't count your chickens before they're asked. And even though he's been here before, in, in 2015, 2016, this is a whole new year. So you start thinking, hey, I want to be a back-to-back champion. There's only been a couple, you know, other than me. I can do this. It's so easy to get ahead of yourself, but you have to play golf as it's presented to you. You still have to finish the tournament. And so we talked about Jordan Spieth, but let's not forget Danny Willett. Danny Willett is three shots back at the very start, and he is just moving along, plodding, playing great golf, and he ends up shooting 567. Now, that's a great last round. Lee Westwood, I mean, he's playing He's playing the two English men. They're playing right there together. And Lee Westwood, what, gets to three under after 15. And Lee has a chance you know, to close the deal. He doesn't do it, but Danny Willett did. And it's a, a credit you know, to Jordan because Jordan really fought his way back. He sort of gave it away but he's trying you know, to actually win it back, and he came up just a little bit short. But kudos to, to Danny Willett and Jordan Speed if he actually learns a lesson, is that it's never over until it's over. Good Yogi reference, Dr. Bob. How you doing? Brendan Swinney here. Brendan is great. You know, it's great to uh, you know, hear from you. You know, what are your thoughts, Brendan? Well, I tell you what, if you look at what, what Jordan Speed did on Thursday, right, he plops out a 66 
So now he's a defending champion. He had an early tee time on, on, on Thursday. Next day he has a late tee time. He's playing with Bryson DeChambeau. Shoots a 74 on Friday. Now if you look at Friday, Bryson DeChambeau is three under, and he's leaving the 17th green. All of a sudden he you know, hooks two of them on 18, loses the ball, and now Bryson is down. So the next day, uh, he's got another late tee time. So now he has all these late tee times. I really think that that the seeds were sown on Jordan Spieth prior to Sunday. Maybe Saturday, he started losing a little steam, started leaking a little oil. Didn't he fly his coach in from Dallas? Yeah, I wanted Frankly. to ask, ask you about that, Dr. Bob. He went against his custom, which is not to have his swing coach there on the weekend, flies him in on Sunday. You know, is is that too much in your head before you're teeing off? Well, I think, you know, if you listen to the interviews, uh, Cam, you know, had actually, you know, talked to him. He said, hey, do you need me? Uh, and he was, I think, already halfway home. And he said, yeah, I, I, I think I need you to get back here. So he actually has, you know, come back. And obviously, you know, he, it's in his head. Maybe he just needs him to be a little bit of a, a confidence booster right there. It's nice to see a friendly face. But that entire round, and I will talk this about Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth, you know, when you compare him to all other ball strikers on, you know, the PGA Tour and the World Tour, I mean, his ball striking is fairly average. It's, it's, you know, it's above average. But if you take a look where he really excels, he excels in his, his shot management, his self-management, his short game, and his wedges, and especially his wedges, because he was on that third hole, and he actually blocked one I thought was going to go out of bounds. And he got that ball out of that, you know, rough and about 15 feet, and he makes a 15-footer. Now, those are what, you know, you need to do to win tournaments. And then he actually, you know, catches, you know, a, a streak, 36, 7, 8, and 9. And I, I think, you know, people had already said it's a done deal. It's a foregone conclusion. And I have said this. I tweeted it, put it in Instagrams, and I've said it in many books that I've written, many articles. It's not done until it's over. And the very best way to defend the tournament, if you're the defending champion, is you have to give up the defense, and you've got to continually be on the offense because you're not defending the pass. The pass is already done. You have to play in an offensive mindset in the present moment and keep moving forward. And that's what Jordan Spieth failed to do at this Masters in 2016. We're talking to sports psychology guru, Dr. Bob Winters. You can check him out at drbobwinters.com. Uh, a final couple questions, Dr. Bob. Uh, yeah. You know, you also have to admire the fact that Jordan, at the same time, switched gears, came back, and did his what he seems to do quite well is he bounced back on 13 and made birdie. Then, of course, made birdie on 15, and we know that he had a chance to, you know, to possibly tie it up. But again, to, to then be able to switch gears, get back into it, at, you know, admirable stuff. Well, it is. But then again, you know, when your back is against the wall, uh, you, you do what you have to do. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, this 30 minutes, you know, a sort of lost in time, lost in space. I remember, you know, talking to, you know, Vandeveld uh, after, you know, Carnoustie. And he said, you know, he actually was, you know, lying five. And he just sort of was kind of in a fog. But people forget that he made about a seven-foot putt to make that seven to get into the three-man playoff for the British Open. 
And so sometimes things happen so fast, there's a disruption of time. We always talk about being in the flow where, you know, time just, you know, whistles by or time, you know, is, is slowed down. But in, in this case, a lot of times the adrenaline, the cortisol, the stress hormones, they make time just, you know, be fleeting. So I think that's really what happened here. So his back is against the wall. He has the birdie 13 if he's going to do anything. And he's even telling his caddy, Mike, he's saying, hey, you know, buddy, I, I think, you know, we're, 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 we're looting, we're leaking oil here. I think we're collapsing. And he says, no, you're fine. Let's get into this shot. So they actually recover, and they really sort of work their way back. And when he missed that putt at 16, you, you could see, I mean, it was like a last-ditch effort. If he had made the putt at 16, it could have been very, very different. But uh, like I say... My it, chicken would have been burned added, on the grill. <laughs> Pardon me, Brendan? I didn't hear that. I said my chicken would have been burnt on the grill if he would have made that putt. <laughs> well... I mean, this this whole Masters. I mean, it's just geared and it's and it's set up for drama. I mean, that's that's why I think it's really you know the one of the very best, if not the best, tournament of the entire golfing season because you you can expect great golf, but you also expect the unexpected, and that's exactly what we have. And it makes great theater, it makes great drama, but it's great golf. It sure is. Dr. Bob, we always appreciate spending time with you, and uh, maybe we'll get you on next week because we could do a whole other segment on Ernie Els and uh, uh, that uh, <clears throat> uh, seven putt on hole number one on Thursday. But uh, we've got to go. Dr. Bob Winters, check him out, drbobwinners.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. Much more golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's... My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. We're back. I love my music. The Golf Insiders. I think it's nice. Taking you home. Fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Brendan Sweeney and Will Perry. This special Thursday edition of the Golf Insiders brought to you by Swing Click the world's number one golf transition trainer. You want to master your rhythm and tempo with three easy clicks? Get yourself a swing click. We know the key to consistency is improving your transition. And boy, did we watch that on Sunday. We watched it all week at the Masters with those roaring winds, Brendan Sweeney. Boy, if you didn't have your patience and your timing, we know for a few players it got ugly and uh, we're going to talk to one of our favorite golf insiders who was there working his little heart out, as he always does, in the media center at Augusta, Bob Herrig, ESPN.com, for his insights to what happened in the 2016 Masters. Bob. Hello there. How's it going? <laughs> going well. Well, you know, the Masters never disappoints, does it, Bob? <laughs> no, it has a way of... Um... It really does have a way of delivering for us, and uh, there was some doubt about that. It seemed a little a, a little dull because maybe because of the weather and not a lot of birdies and uh, a lot of a lot of difficult conditions the first couple of days. But that changed obviously on Sunday, and uh, we were presented with quite the memorable one. Maybe not in the most positive way, but certainly one that's uh, going to be hard to forget. 
I want to know what the media was thinking, Bob. I mean, because I was watching a lot of tweets and, you know, uh, chatter out there. And, you know, to think that he was coasting to his second green jacket, you know, after four birdies on the front nine, seemed like he had things pretty much in, in control. But anybody, anybody who watches the Masters knows it doesn't start till the back nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame anybody for thinking it was over at the turn. I mean, a five-shot lead and... Uh, you just birdied four straight holes, and um, you know, even though he had been, there had been moments of shakiness for for Jordan throughout the weekend. Uh, you just kind of figured he was gonna he was gonna get it home. You know, uh, he had two birdie holes on the back. He did birdie thirteen and fifteen, and and so you figure that that would negate any any trouble. But of course, nobody first saw a, a quadruple bogey. And, uh, and and frankly, losing six shots in three holes as he did, uh, and it just it just changed everything. And and then you have the combination of Danny Willett, um, you know, actually you know really playing that back nine well, making birdies at 13, 14, and and 16. And um, you know there you have it. Uh, you know, five shot advantage goes to a three shot deficit, and and um, it didn't take a whole lot. And it, uh, it it's. It'll be discussed forever, I'm sure. I mean, no matter what Jordan's final record ends up, uh, you'll always wonder about the one that he could have had as well. A lot of surprises going into the weekend. Phil not making the cut. Ernie Els in his display, a number one on Thursday. I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff going on here. Ricky Fowler, big surprise. Uh, you know, your your thoughts on how things went the first couple of days and how some of these players uh you know, really had kind of a disappointing Masters, including yeah, I mean, Bubba. Um, right? Yeah, I think I and Bubba was fortunate to make the cut. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, if you think about it, really, a, a lot of the big names going in, um, really Jordan is the only one who was there. You know, Jason Day was on the periphery. Rory kind of fell out on Saturday. Adam Scott did not perform well. Didn't have you know Ricky obviously missed the cut. I was really shocked by Phil, uh, especially the way it went down. I mean, uh, uh, you know, to to play the the fifteenth and sixteenth holes as he did, um, you know, those are birdie holes, and he and he doubled them, you know, and he missed he missed the cut by a shot, um, and on on Friday, you know, it was just very strange stuff going on there. So. Um, but yeah, but uh, and and Bubba, another guy who you know I thought had a great chance to win the tournament, came in with with a pretty good, um, you know, obviously a pretty good record up leading up to it. One earlier, played well at Doral. I think maybe he got out of sorts a little bit. He missed Bay Hill and didn't have a great match play, and maybe lost his form a little bit. But uh, yeah, there the, the storyline to me too was as much about about the disappointments as it was you know, what happened on Sunday. Hey, Bob, how you doing? It's Brendan Sweeney with French Lake. How are you? Excellent. How are you, Brendan? Good. Hey, tell me what the media center was like on Sunday. Not only, you know, when Jordan, you know, went south, but when Louis Oosthuizen banged in that ace on 16 off, off, the, off the golf ball. There were three hole-in-ones on 16 that day. I thought Vern Lundquist would have swallowed his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was quite the uh, scene at 16. It was uh, obviously set up for just that, that sort of thing to happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jordan actually didn't come far away from, from getting his ball to come down real close to the hole, and that would have changed things, obviously. Um, 
as as it relates to what happened with with Jordan, I mean, I think it was shock. Uh, it obviously changed a lot of people's direction and what and what in which way they had to go. For those people who were on deadline, uh, it 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 it, uh, it was pull out the hair time, you know, because you're you're sitting there thinking that Jordan's got this wrapped up, and now you've got a completely different scenario with a lot to explain, a lot that went on. Uh, a you know a, a somewhat unknown champion. I mean, I think Danny Willett is fairly well known at golf circles. You know, he was 12th in the world coming in, and he um, he won in Dubai earlier this year and was second to Rory in Europe last year. But you know, he hasn't played much over here. He's not until now. I guess he will now become a PGA Tour member, but he wasn't one, and so his his um, you know his impact was a little bit limited. And but heck of a player, obviously, and. And, uh, you know, and then also sort of lost is, you know, Dustin Johnson was, the the door was open for him, too. Uh, He was right there, and then he just, again, couldn't get putts to drop. It was, um, you know, he had, I think he had a couple of three putts on Sunday. He he might have four putted the the fifth hole. Actually, I think he had a putt come off the green on him. He Uh, he was leaking oil quickly, yeah. Yeah, so there's a guy, you know, another guy who had a great chance, and uh, you're sitting there wondering when when it might ever happen for him. And Justin Rose, also, you know, pretty steady and in the mix there. A, a good showing for the Europeans. Smiley Kaufman losing. Smiley, he, yes. he lost gas fast. Yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised by Kaufman. I mean, to play in the last group with Jordan and never having played the Masters, that was pretty tough duty there. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we did have a good, strong showing by the Europeans. I mean, late Lee Westwood was right there with a chance. Uh um, Paul Casey finished fourth. Justin Rose, as you mentioned, Willett. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's four Englishmen just in the top. Ma- Matthew 10. Fitzpatrick. And, uh, and there's another one. That's right. So, pretty good, um, pretty pretty good showing by those guys. And you know, we except for Paul Casey, we're, we're pretty likely to see them all at the Ryder Cup in September. And given that they hadn't won since 1999, a, a great showing for the Europeans, and I'm sure a boost for their tour. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, it was, I think I was a little flukish that they haven't won. There hasn't been a European winner since 1999. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Tiger and Phil had something to do with that. They, they decided uh, to focus on the Ryder Cup instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's been a lot of focus on that, and there will be now too, I mean, even more so after they just did that. Yeah, that is for sure. Well, Bob, always great to have you on the Golf Insiders. Your final uh, thoughts from this year's Masters? Well, I think it's going to be interesting now to see how Jordan bounces back. You know, I think that's the next question. I mean, I, most people think he'll be fine. I, I, I tend to think that's the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's never any guarantees in golf. And, um, you know, even if even if he'd have won the Masters, he might have he might have had some difficulties throughout the rest of the year. And but now you're going to wonder if it if it uh, leads back to to that and not getting the job done there. Well, as as his caddy Michael Greller said, don't worry about us. We're going to be fine. And uh, I I think they will be. I think they'll be uh, they'll be back and in the hunt at the Open. I wouldn't be surprised that golf course and those greens. I think it sets up perfectly for him. All right. Bob Herrig, ESPN.com, thank you so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, 
And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. Right. Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Brendan Sweeney from French Lick Resort, and Will Perry, our social media magician. I like to call him the magician. He makes it all happen. Check us out on Twitter, at the Golf Insiders. Like us on Facebook, because we're getting ready to start our swag giveaways Beginning next week. So uh, you want to be in the inner circle with the Golf Insiders. And we go back to our regular time next Wednesday. Baseball's over. And we'll be on our regular schedule for the rest of the year. UCF baseball's over. UCF baseball's over. Excuse me. Yes, thank you, We're just starting the real baseball now. This is true. Uh, Uh, We want to thank our sponsor for this exclusive special edition of the Golf Insiders, Swing Click. Your favorite golf accessory, the world's number one transition trainer. You know, you don't have to have the perfect swing to have the perfect result. But you do need good tempo, good rhythm, and good timing. Swing Click offers you a real opportunity to change your game by helping you to have that tempo, rhythm, timing, and consistency. This is the number one training aid on Amazon. Go check it out, swingclickgolf.com. And, um, Brendan? Yes, ma'am. So we have a tournament going on this In week. Wonderful Hilton Head. The RBC Heritage. I first broke 80 as a little tyke at Harbortown. How good is that? I love that golf course. Come, Along the, coming off the Calabogie the Sound. The Calabogie Sound. And uh, hey, there have been some great finishes there. And if and the Defusky Sound is the other sound there. That would be the Defusky, I believe. Oh, depending on what orange, side, orange, 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 depending orange. on what side of uh, you know the river you're from. Uh, hey, and if <laughs> and if uh, Jordan was to take just a little chapter from uh, Mr. Kuchar's book of bounce backs, if you remember, he Orlando's gave, very own Matt Kuchar. He gave away his win. Well, I shouldn't say gave away, but he he lost the tournament. Uh, at the, I believe it's the Houston Shell, and then came back and won with the chip in at uh, Harbortown uh, to win to win that tournament. So, and uh, Kucher doing well. Luke Donald minus five today. Uh, Matt minus four. Jason Day minus four. So uh, this is shaping up to be a, a good tournament. Always a fun tournament, and another jacket that's awarded the plaid jacket. There you go. Absolutely. But I tell you, if you guys are to watch uh, Golf Channel tonight with the highlights, watch Tony Finau. On 18, he drives the green through a trap four feet away from the hole, taps it in, finishes eagle on 18. It's amazing. Well, we want to waste no more time and go to our final Golf Insider tonight. Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post checking in with us tonight, fresh off the Masters as well to get his thoughts. Hey, Steve. How are you? Now, wait a minute. Let me make sure I got this right. Tony Finau drove 18 at Harbortown? Oh, not 18. I'm sorry. Ten, was it 10? 9? 10. 10. Nine. No, he finished on 9. Okay, so he could drive 9. I was going to try to figure out how you would get around Calabogie. Yeah, that's there right. Yeah. Well, I tell you, with those new golf balls, they certainly do fly quite far. How are you, my man? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I think I, I think I caught you out of the corner of my eye at T-Bones the other day. You very well may have, absolutely. It was a uh, it, it was a great week, wasn't it? 
Oh my goodness! The, the the weather was great. I mean, it's 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 like uh... the, the crowd seemed like they were at all time high. Steve, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I mean, it looked like you know they were twenty deep on some holes this year. You know, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had you know people were not spread out covering various groups. They either did one of two things: they parked on their hole and stayed there, or they followed the leaders, which was you know which was a a good thing to do, but. Uh, yeah, of course, they never released uh, attendance numbers, so you have no idea how many patrons are on site. But, uh, but you're right. It, it, was a, it was a tremendous crowd, and, boy, they got to see a heck of a golf tournament, didn't they? Yes, they sure did, which, of course, uh, we've been talking about all hour long. Um, why don't you give us your thoughts uh, when you were in the media center? I don't know if you were out on the course uh, when, when uh, Jordan came around Amen Corner. Look, i got to tell you, I, I know it shocked a lot of people. I, I wasn't that surprised. And I wasn't that surprised uh, when he showed up Sunday morning. I thought he was going to have, have uh, some struggles because he just didn't hit it very well. And he hadn't hit it very well really since Friday. When you look at the number of double bogeys he had, the number of pushed approaches that he had, the number of shots that were just incredibly offline. I mean, to, to finish uh, bogey double on 18, uh, it, you know, going into that, it, it was a – it was a struggle for him to, uh, uh, to to get his ball striking in gear, and I think it's a fantastic testament to how great a putter he is that he had opened up the lead that he had through nine holes. I mean, if he had hung on and won this thing, we would be talking about this as perhaps the greatest putting performance, not in Masters history, in major championship history. I can think of no one else who putted that well in any majors. Uh, and, and, you know, look, he just it just finally caught up with it. He hit the one shot you couldn't hit at the time you couldn't hit it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, um, you know, the the bounce backs that he made ongoingly, he said he had his B-minus game. I don't know. It felt I, I, maybe a little C-plus to me with some of those drives that he was hitting, especially, you know, coming in Saturday. And I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. I I. You know, he had a couple comments after the round, and one of the reporters asked him, you know, how disappointing was it to finish the way he did on 17 and 18? And he said extremely disappointing, and then he followed up, said, you know, how tough is it going to be to get past this? He goes, well, you know, i got to get a really good night's sleep and, you know, really work on a few things tomorrow. And it just seemed to me that he, you know, kind of planted a little seed of doubt there. And so I was very curious to see how he was going to come out on Sunday. Well, I think it said a lot that he hit so many three. I mean, on holes where a lot of guys are just ripping driver out there because you want to have a shorter club into those greens, uh, he hit three wood in some spots that uh, that really surprised me. And so I think that you know, ten being a prime example where he tried, you know, he sitting there trying to turn that three wood over and he left it out and uh, left himself entirely too long uh, and approach into that green, which he pushed again. So uh, his standard miss is that push to the right. I don't think it's it's anything necessarily with his uh, that he's going to have to do a swing overhaul, uh, but it is something he's going to have to be aware of, and he's going to have to start playing for, and he's going to have to have some correction for when the pressure is on. Well, you know, there's been some uh, talk too that uh, you know his swing coach has been trying to get him to hit it longer because you know he's he's not Jason Day, he's not Dustin Johnson. But, you know, if anybody was watching Bernhard Langer out there, we haven't even talked about Bernhard, who was, uh, you know, striping it pretty well for 57 and, you know, hitting uh, five wood on some holes where Jason Day's hitting seven iron. You know, he that's a lot to be said about knowing the course and managing your game. 
there's a lot to be said for knowing what you do well and playing to your strength. And, you know, I, how many players do we know that have attempted to change their swings to get longer who we've never heard from again? It's Legion. I mean, they're just Tommy they're, there's countless of them. Bobby Clappett. Yeah, I mean, it's just go down the list. I mean, the number of players who decided, well, I need to turn it over more. I need to have it, you know, I need to be able to work it both ways. I need to change my swing. Ian Baker Finch. Yep. Four mean, left. Just, just, Four left. It just goes, go down the list. It, they're, they're forever in that, on that list. And, you know, the, the ones that, that do bounce back, it usually takes them a year or two. I mean, I'm thinking Martin Keimer is a prime example. You know, oh, I just hit a fade, you know, and it cost me so much distance. I had to learn to turn it over the other way. He disappeared for almost three years uh, before he was able to bounce back. Um, and when he did bounce back, he was hitting that fade again. So it's just it, it's astonishing to me the number of, uh, of very talented, very smart players who consistently make this same mistake over and over and over again. Well, I, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting now to see how the U.S. Open sets up. Oakmont, who do you think uh, that course is going to favor? We've got about 30 seconds, Steve. Oh, absolutely! It's going to favor Jordan for two reasons. He's going to have a bounce back. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder to try to bounce back, and he's the best putter in the game. I agree. I think Oakmont's going to just feel very comfortable for him. Steve Eubanks, Global Golf Post. Thank you so very much. Thank you to Swing Click Golf for this special edition of the Golf Insiders. Brendan Sweeney, who was your pick? I I I was picking Dustin Johnson. All right. Well, I picked Jordan and Will Perry. I picked Bubba, so, yeah, we'll just leave it. Big Z on that one. All (laughs) right, we thank everybody for listening to the Golf Insiders. We'll be back next Wednesday, our regular time, 6 o'clock. We love you. Bye-bye.